bad friends, worst critics, where we talk about anything from movies, TV, to whatever the hell we want to talk about every week. I'm Noah Davis, along with Elaine Wilman and John Pina, and we'll get started into the news. Oh, fuck you. And we Most succeeded. Importantly. There we go. <laughs> it's pretty good. I think my new hoodie. Got all the bases. I feel like I talked <laughs> yeah, about we'll... it before on the podcast, so I just want to. This is news. Pop off for a sec. Silk. Uh, you, you're going to explain whose hoodie that is, John. Yeah. Smino uh, put out a line of silk pillows about two years ago with the. No. Holy fuck, it's a long time ago. Three years ago with Noir? Four? Yeah, oh my three. god, how long ago was it? No, uh, with like Noir. Uh, that like repped his label, uh, Black Swan, which was also the name of his second album. Um, yada, yada, yada. And I wanted to buy them, and they sold out instantly in two hours after the link got posted. So this time, I was on my toes. He pre-posted and was like, yo, link's coming out in two hours. And I fucking got one. And so it's dope. And it's comfy Classic. as hell. How much does that line... run you up? <laughs> well, <laughs> what was that? It was a three-digit figure. And we'll oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Silk-lined hood, dude. It's Moving. so cozy. Like I'm, give, I'm giving it to a dude. Hood? Here's well, here's the thing. I'm giving it to a dude whose music I've never purchased. So I call that a win. I, you know, I guess I can okay. look at it through. That I've never been to a real show yeah. of his. He's not gotten any money from me any other way, and I want to support him. So okay, all right. I'll and and that. it looks dope. Like I love it. Like that again. The strings being this long are a little whack, but I'll deal with that later. Just wear them like a scarf. <laughs> Just wrap them around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boom, and then you can tie them. Yeah, I'm like, so, oh, it's my know. ponytail holder, yeah. What's up? Boom. All right, let's get to the real news, why don't we? Uh, <clears throat> the recently uh, announced Green Arrow and the Canaries has been canceled before it even came on the air. <clears throat> I didn't know uh, about it. Green Arrow? Yeah, it was an Arrow spinoff featuring um, some characters like Black Canary and other um, female sidekicks throughout the show. And apparently it got canceled before it's even out, so must have been really good. Must have been awesome. really good. Um, <clears throat> Warner Bros. has renegotiated certain talent contracts after their whole HBO Max streaming fiasco. They'll now account for streaming numbers and uh, merchandising like DVD and Blu-rays, all that home release stuff, well, I guess digital release, um, just so that production companies can actually get some of the share which is what they were all afraid of with the whole HBO Max thing. Right. <laughs> so <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. Warner's trying to dig is, themselves Is this the point where we hole. talk about the death of theaters, or we, can we leave that one at the last episode? <laughs> well, I have another uh, piece of news. Uh, Wonder Woman did $3 million this weekend. It did $5 million last weekend, so... So it's made like probably, it's going, like, $100 million total? Like... Yeah, probably nothing, honestly. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's still nothing either way. Give me a reminder, yeah, of how much it costs to make that movie. 200 yeah, mil. 200. Um, uh, so it might turn a profit hard. someday. And I don't have this written down, but I read that they're trying to DVD submit... sales. It'll go up with DVD sales. Oh, yeah, yeah, because DVD <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> Blu-ray exclusive um, content. Yeah, apparently Warner is submitting Wonder Woman 2 for uh, the Best Picture Oscar. And I'm kind of yeah. at a loss there. 
It's at 132 box office right now. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe yeah, is, I is it just a thing that like you would just you just go ahead and submit all of the movies that you've made that no. year? Oh, no. really? Nope. So uh, they, the they're, they're like really it. just proud of it, and they think that. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah, see, come, or it's just like a really good PR stunt where people mm-hmm. are like, oh, this is best picture worthy, and they might watch it on HBO Max since they only have like two weeks left of it. Uh, you know, got to get those streaming numbers. But no, I think Marvel only put like Black Panther. That's been like their only submission to best picture, I think. Hmm. Um, but yeah. And speaking of dying theaters apparently we're getting a theatrical release of a new wrong turn movie in like two weeks i don't know (laughs) i saw a trailer and i just figured why would a company put out a movie right now they're dumb maybe it's one of those things where the budget's so small that if they put this out to theaters and it's the only thing people can see maybe they'll like break even on the budget uh, that's so <laughs> across three films of yeah. wrong turns. So I guess the first three are the only ones that's being measured for some reason. I think the rest are like DVD only, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, only made fifty mil. Probably micro budgets though, right? I hope. I imagine. I can't see. I I think. It's just about about some hillbillies, some like. 12 you mil know. for the first one and it made 14. And DVD sales were a thing back then too. So probably recouped a bit. Um, uh, the other one just has a budget with no box office. So that one might have been a straight to DVD. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it was released on DVD. Yeah, it's a very high four, prestige series. Budget of 4 mil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Budget a two mil straight to DVD. So each one, one there each one got one? cut in half in budget. <laughs> oh wait, but the, no, there's there's seven movies. Oh crap. That fifty mil budget was just for three of them. I just don't know which three. Probably the last two in the first one, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Uh, so then you have Wrong Turn Five, Bloodlines, and Wrong Classic. Turn Six, Last Resort. Um. Oh, a one million dollar budget? That's tight. One mil? <laughs> How much they make? Uh, no, oh. no uh, uh, numbers here. So I think DVD. Ah, Fox Home Entertainment released on home video there in 2014. Is the new one's DVD budget Blu-ray. on there? Oh, it made Maybe over a mil. So it made about the same. Page for the new one. Yeah, the new one does the new have a page. Just called Wrong Turn. The new one has a page. It has no <clears throat> info on budget. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, yes, we'll see that in like twelve days. <laughs> Cringe. Yes. All right. Uh, Deadpool three has been confirmed for the MCU and with an R rating, which thank God. Yes, <laughs> I think this everyone's is exactly... happy about. Like, I I couldn't tell you a negative aspect about that piece of news. Now, just well, need to be said. Deadpool three confirmed with the same people and everything. Not the same writers and directors. Ryan Reynolds but is still a Brandon producer. Reynolds. Yeah. yeah, Ryan Reynolds is okay. still producing and playing Deadpool. Uh, okay. But it's it's being written by one of the BoJack Horseman writers, I think. That could be good. Yeah, 
but it won't start filming until 2021, apparently. So, gonna be a mm, So, you gotta wait until yep. this mm. year. Or 2022, sorry. Well, <laughs> I was like, until 2022, <laughs> my bad. Uh, you know, New Year. Can't tell. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Also, MCU news Chris Evans is reportedly coming back to reprise his role as Captain America. Uh, without spoiling anything. No spoiler. That's gonna be hard to do. Yeah, for the like well, what the? How the fuck does this happen? I just I don't even understand. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, apparently, I mean, not apparently. Doctor Strange in the multiverse, or whatever it's oh, called. Yeah. So they could do something. They could just bring Cap back as an alternate reality Cap. I mean, they could know. just they could just have moments of Cap before Endgame, right? They've Wonder Woman 1984, sound... right? You know what I mean? Ooh, Captain America 1984. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, have they, have they mean, said I'm anything about, me? yeah, like, the time frame of the movie? Like, when it's no, is it going to be post-Endgame? No. Or... Okay. We don't even know if it's going to be a Captain America movie. We just oh, know that like returning as Captain America. It could be a clone. It could be a clone. There you go. They probably That's have Dina, idea. you know what I'm saying? That's an like... idea. What? <laughs> <laughs> have you not heard um, this meme no the fucking real country bumpkins i don't know why i know this but Please. just call dna dina dina so it's like yeah that dinosaur dina yeah, dina. yeah. <laughs> the, the virus is gonna fuck with your dina <laughs> that vaccine is okay. poison uh speaking of multi-million dollar franchises vin diesel has confirmed that fast and furious 10 will be split up into two separate movies and in the main Fast and Furious franchise. And his entire career. Well, he said that Fast and Furious will go on, just not the main franchise. So, and he's only in the main franchise, right? I mean, he could do anything he wants. He's Vin Diesel, so he could just he, pop in for an interview. You know what? I'll say it here. First time ever. Everyone get, get your recordings out. I would take a remake of Triple X. They made right a now. new one. Vin Diesel. Right now. <laughs> they made the Triple X three in twenty fifteen, I think. Twenty fifteen? That's not that Vin That's Diesel like was six in years it. ago, dude. Vin Diesel's now like ninety, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Old man uh Dominic Toretto. That's what I'm saying. Have like a post apocalypse fast and furious. That'd be dude. I mean, that would I'll be like call it uh watch, yeah. <laughs> What's that what's that one that's like fucking Oh, you're gonna hate me when Mad I Max. don't Yes, that. Yep. yep. <laughs> when I don't know the name of a really popular Yeah, I franchise. want, like, old-bearded Ben Diesel driving mm. his fucking one of his Chargers or something down the road. Uh, I'm into it. Since, you know, Furiosa's not going to come out for another four years or so, probably. Jesus Christ. Uh, Netflix unveiled its 2020, or some of its 2021 lineup with the tagline, at least one movie a week for the year. And I really just want to point this out since Netflix is so committed to creating their own original content. I just didn't know it'd be this committed. I mean, at, <laughs> at least 52 movies in one year is just a little, it's a lot, actually. You know what? That's a lot of movies for any company, really. Do we know? I don't know what the comparisons are to like major film studios, but does Netflix have like greater earnings than them like is it really yeah, like one of the so. biggest movie producing companies in the world i mean uh our hbo max story revealed that warner has 19 so 52 versus 19 
<laughs> I mean, obviously Netflix is, might have some micro budgets and stuff, but Warner also has the access to the same. <clears throat> so they might not be bigger, but uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine even watching other than, you know, doing a podcast and doing something. I can't imagine watching a movie every yeah. week. July of last year, Netflix had the was the largest entertainment and media company by market market cap, which is kind of crazy. Like Boom. outstanding shares that are being traded yeah. publicly. Boom. Netflix uh, in it to win it. In 2017, it was fucking. Oh my god! No way. Please give us the lowdown. Twenty-four billion dollars in debt. Netflix? With a D, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll get it back. But I'm so confused. Hold on. Uh, well, the revenue was 5.7 bill last year. And they're literally only growing. Yeah, I, th I feel like, yeah, I think they're good. They're solid. Yeah. It's a fine company. Uh, maybe once their bubble <laughs> pops okay. in like 10 years, right. we'll see the, you know, the aftermath and <laughs> the flames. But uh, right now, Netflix seems to be doing well. It seems to be almost flaunting it. Like, really, they this trailer just had was a supercut of all, not all of the movies, but a lot of their big movies, and it kind of impressed me. Uh, along with this, they got uh, We got our first look at Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder's new movie starring Dave Bautista. It's about a group of mercenaries who rob a casino in the middle of a zombie outbreak. Um, <clears throat> I don't really care for that plotline, but Dave Bautista killing zombies, I'm in. <laughs> I'll, probably, you know, I'll probably watch it. Okay. Um, yeah. Hard to say no to a high-budget zombie movie. High-budget. Also true. Is it yeah. high-budget? Yeah, it's it's like 80 Netflix million Netflix and Zack Snyder? Okay. Yeah. Um, and also Netflix news. Kevin Hart signs a four deal or four movie exclusive deal with Netflix, uh, much Ugh. like the Adam Sandler deal. So Kevin Hart okay. must be really popular. <laughs> still you know really my popular. problem with? Well, of course he's still really popular. My problem with the Netflix deal is, I already thought his movies were a lot like Adam Sandler movies in that mm. they featured literally all the same jokes and were not very good. Mm -hmm. uh, they just didn't have like all his friends, at least as far as I know. And Give it time. Yeah, now it <laughs> now it looks like okay. Well, this is a job I do, and yeah. not like haha, I'm funny, and I make money for it. It's just a let's I put out wait. the crappiest crap we can crap out. Yeah, I probably I won't mean, watch any of them. But like as a business, like as a you know business move, that's like uh, almost as big as you could probably do. Like getting like the comedy's number one guy, I think still. No. Really? You don't uh, think so? One guy. Dave Chappelle's way bigger still on Netflix. On Netflix as alone. Far, but I think as far as, like, comedy movies are going, like, anything that has, like, Kevin Hart attached, like, people are like, oh, dude, I love Kevin Hart. Let's go. Like, I don't know what else. Can, unless you did, like, a 23 Jump Street, because everyone loves those movies. Like, you know, the Jump Street movies. And then, like, Kevin Hart, that's what I think of, like, prime selling numbers for comedy movies. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about every movie right now, so I don't know if uh, that's true, but that's kind of what I think. But... Good, uh, good know, big star, I mean, really star-wise, like comedy star-wise, I feel like Adam Sandler's the only Well, Adam Sandler, so yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Other than Adam Sandler, it's really, yeah. 
but Netflix has them both now, so I don't think yeah. they have to yeah, worry so it about jack yeah. shit. <laughs> uh, Netflix is probably gonna be happy with that deal. The way they talk about Adam Sandler movies being the most streamed movies every time. Every um, single one out does the next some fucking yep. how. Uh, I think The Ridiculous Six was the most watched Netflix movie of all time when it came out, and Hoobie Halloween was like the most watched Netflix movie of this year. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, I, I didn't even turn it on. So, I, I, I don't know who's watching them. It. I skipped through it. Oh, you're adding <laughs> to the to. numbers. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> next piece of news, we have word that instead of Charlie's Theron, uh, Theron? Charlize Theron? I thought, Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Instead of Theron. Charlize Ther- Theron, Theron uh, starring that in lady. a Die Hard reboot, <laughs> <laughs> starring in a Die Hard reboot, we're actually just getting Die Hard 6 with Bruce Willis. I, you know, I can't say I'm really surprised, but it's weird that the Charlize Theron thing happens, and then a week later, it's like, mm, mm. Bruce Willis is back. A commercial really, um, like, it... It really unlocks something for all the old diehard fans. So, like, we need Bruce Willis back. <laughs> the battery commercial. Yeah, the battery commercial. The battery commercial. Uh, Duralast. So I like, mean, he still I got don't... It. How old is Bruce Willis now? Did we find that out last episode? Or two I'm episodes sure I ago? googled it. And I'm sure I can google it again. And that man's gonna be John McClane again. I mean, John McClane's gotta be tired. He's 65? It's about his daughter's husband. No, five already had a son in it, and it didn't work well at all. Um, so I, you know, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back. Really, might as well. Okay, uh, we have news that a new I Love Lucy biopic has just found its cast in Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem to play Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, respectively. I can't say I have a lot of nostalgia for this, but Nicole Kidman usually kills it. And biopics are easy money most of the time. Yeah. Um, you just choose anyone that people like, and yep. you make millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody, <clears throat> Rocket Man, all that. I don't even want to talk about Bohemian dance. Rhapsody. Ugh. I, I never even gave it a time don't. of day. Brian it's... Singer directed it, so I'm okay. I'm all right. Everyone <laughs> just sucked it off. It won so many awards. It won editing, man. It was so poorly edited. I can't. I can't. Oh, God. No, I mean, please do. No, it's so bad. It's like, I feel like people didn't even watch the same movie as me. It's one of those situations where you're like, they say something, and you're like, I was about to say the exact opposite. That's so crazy. (laughs) It's just not, yeah. Would not recommend. Would not recommend. That's the premise of this show sometimes, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, another news. We have news that Darren Aronofsky's newest film, The Whale, is going to star Brendan Fraser as a super obese recluse who gets a second chance at life. And how that even makes a movie, I don't know. I really don't. But Aronofsky, uh, he'll find a way. Yeah, this is the man who did The Wrestler, so it's. I really don't care. I'll probably watch it. Um, I mean, he has a way of telling just small stories over two so you, hours. You do know, you do know, the whale was a play, right? I do not. I did not. Oh. Is it a play? play. Mm-hmm. Six hundred About... pound dude. Oh, that's that's it. That's I mean, really the whole plot. It's a, 
You said it. He's a recluse who gets a second chance. You know, I just thought there was going to be something more to it. I'm sorry. I think he's got like a daughter or something that they're trying to reconnect with or something, but... Classic. I couldn't tell you why he's 600 pounds. I couldn't tell you why his daughter's relationship is strained. I couldn't tell you anything else. I can Google it. I mean, just do that. Yeah, uh, you can while well, I talk about how a bunch of movies such as Morbius and the new James Bond No Time to Die have been delayed once again. This isn't really news so much as an update since No Time to Die just will never come out, apparently. Mm. I'm just, <laughs> I'm kind of convinced No Time to Die is just an imaginary movie. They got some shots of Daniel Craig, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, they got the Billie Eilish song. They made their money. Right. right. And Apple TV has announced that they are creating a new sci-fi comedy produced by Noah Hawley, the producer of shows like Fargo and uh, Legion. And it will star Andy Samberg and Ben Stiller. It will also be written by one of the creators of BoJack Horseman. Um, I can't tell you what Apple TV even looks like. <laughs> All right, you ready for the you ready for the synopsis of the whale? I found it. Yes, yes. Don't give me the ending. What's well, the synopsis? So okay, I'll try, me, but I haven't try. read it. I'm just reading it for the first time with you. <laughs> well, just don't read the last two sentences. Okay. In a rundown apartment in rural Idaho, surrounded by screens and food containers, a 600-pound recluse doggedly and determinedly eats himself to death. As he inches closer and closer to the inevitable, his friend, Liz, a, clin a cynical atheist nurse, and Elder Thomas, a young, hopeful Mormon missionary, both attempt to find in Charlie the will to be saved physically and spiritually. However, it's only his estranged teenage daughter, um, Ellie, who can make him see any kind of future beyond his current despair. Skip the last two sentences. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, Interesting. I guess so I'll watch it. Trying to kill himself from grief? I mean, I guess. We I'll don't know why he's grieving. Him. And he's killing himself probably the best way possible, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like, if I'm you're going to go... Today. I'm only going to watch slow. it if I hear... No, no, no. I didn't say the best in terms of time. Oh, it's just oh, the yeah. best in terms of your ability to not feel miserable <laughs> all the so, time. Yeah. I'm only watching yeah. it if I hear absurdly good reviews from every single person that I know. Mm. Oh, you want some spoilers? I'm, I'm just learning. Darren Aronofsky and Brendan Fraser. You know. So I guess... I guess he's gay, and I guess his lover, who he abandoned his family for, died. Oh. So there's all that kinds of conflict. The whole thing? Yeah. Okay. All right. I okay. guess that's something. <laughs> it's it's just it's getting worse actually. The more I unveil about the plot, <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna I, leave it there. <laughs> I enjoy Brendan Fraser's recent return to the Zeitgeist, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'll I'll definitely watch it just to kind of. Support him a little bit, you know. He deserves it. But he's gonna play a six hundred pound. Yeah, guy. I want to support him, but <laughs> it'll be like, like what's a really that look fat like? suit. Do fat suits Are ever look good? Do fat suits? Yeah, ever I was gonna good? say I've never seen a good fat suit. Yeah, uh, the one Gary Oldman wore to play Winston Churchill was really good. Um, but that's not six hundred pounds. I know. I was just saying. He's got to wear three good, good fat suits. That wasn't the question. <laughs> You're changing the question now. Um, Sorry, I'm thinking like, what's the fucking Norbit? Like, yeah, you gotta look like that. That's in 2004, and it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what? How is that comparable? Yeah, 
Because it's the same weight. Fat... I'm saying that weight is going to be hard to fake. Yeah, you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Days... Fat suit technology has probably come a long way since then. They just should CGI have. his face <laughs> over a fat person. They have a stand-in. It's going to be a good Yeah, like maybe. a body double. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. That's oh, yeah. Uh, so, Disney has announced that they are adapting a book series called Keepers of the Lost Cities. I didn't know this was a book series until mm. literally yesterday. And Ben Affleck will direct it. The book series is about a 12-year-old telepathic girl who does things. <laughs> I, The more I read about the book series, the more I wondered why Ben Affleck agreed to this. Unless the paycheck was super fat. Which, I mean, I'm sure it was. It's Disney. But, uh... See, yeah, that's that's one that I'll watch to support my, my homie, Ben. <laughs> okay. See how he handles we'll that. support Brendan Fraser. I'll support Brendan Fraser. I'll watch the fucking movie, okay. Okay, but, uh... But yeah, that, that's interesting. our last piece of news is an update from last week. Roku's purchase of Queeby's 75-plus properties... Apparently came in at a significantly less than one hundred million dollar price tag. That is like a drop in the bucket compared to Queeby's three billion dollar budget. Um a hundred million, that's what, one movie? One blockbuster movie? And Queeby had to sell their entire <laughs> property catalog for that? I just wanted Telling that to be you, known. We could have fundraised it. Seventy-five, hundred million dollars. They haven't sold that. We could still buy the, the logo and name and shit, right? Yeah, we just gotta wait till like a year or two, yeah. and that gets dissolved or whatever. Yeah, we can swoop in. I'm not worried about it. We got it. Uh, that that was the last piece of news, really. If we want to move on. Cool. Well, I will start with what I, did, this week. Um, as far as music goes, I re I went through my uh, my Spotify's whatever it's called, uh, Discover Weekly. Oh. Found a couple of new artists that I put on the um on the list. There's one called John. Have you ever heard of Snarls, the band? When I was going through Snarls, their stuff, Barkley. yeah, Snarls Barkley. Um, Mm-mm. it was uh, the only reason I ask is because it was like recommended artist was Rat Boys, so it's and it was kind of similar to their thing. I so I didn't know if you'd ever heard of them or not. Um, but the one song I heard, I've heard no idea. Yeah, one song I've heard by them is pretty good. Um, so they're from Columbus. What song was that? It's called Walk in the Woods. Okay. Um, Second most played. Yeah. So there's that one. There's another band called Tiny Moving Parts. They're on the radar. Um, it's a good band both. name. Yeah. Um, and so the the big one that I listened to this week, and I I talked to John about this, Noah. Um, I don't know if you knew this. So I re-listened to Kawaii by Childish Gambino, yep. which is which has my favorite Bino song and, like, one of my favorite songs, period. What song? I said the same thing. Pop I said Thieves. the same thing. Pop Thieves. One of my favorite songs of all time. I don't even know what fucking song you're talking about. Make it feel oh. good. I'm I'm saying I, I I remember that project being like all right. <laughs> no, it's got it, it is it is all right, but like that one song, 
is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, but a what lot I, of people really like Potties for some reason. I was just talking to fucking totally. Lane about it, but I went. That's actually like one of the songs I'm most mids about on the thing. Like it was fine, but everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's so good." But the thing that I discovered this week was that he dropped a mixtape that was like partnered with Kawaii Stone Mountain yeah. SDN MTN. Yeah. I had never heard that. I didn't know that was even a thing. Uh, so see, on, on SoundCloud, they were like posted right after the news. Mm-hmm. And so, so I maybe just... I wasn't using SoundCloud in 2014. I think that's when they came out. So maybe that's why I never heard of it. But that's the uh, the yellow and the blue with the yep. dot in the middle, right? Yeah. Um, Stone Mountain was it was okay. Yeah, uh, I remember liking that. There was like the Can't one. Play, uh... There's like the one song that's an Usher song that he sampled that was pretty good, but other than that, it was whatever. Oh, um, it's literally probably been since release since I've even listened to those mm-hmm. projects, so I might actually go back. Yeah, but I really like Kawaii, but I understand that yeah, it's not his best seller. Right. Um, I'd rather listen to it than like his first two albums. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know. It's just like rapping. I don't know. It feels like logic. You know? Yeah. It, it uh, yeah. He didn't really quite does. get his voice down there right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I mean that was around the time that Logic just did Under Pressure. I think right. Mm-hmm. 2013 was mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, there were. So I did see some like similarities. Um, I don't think I watched. I mean, they, anything. they literally have a song together, right? Yeah, on on Logic's album. Yeah. Oh. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Oh. yeah Another yeah. banger. Another banger. It's a fine song. Again, you know, way too many people like it, and you know, I don't get why. It's it's pretty good, but I I will say like when I first heard that song, it took me it, it a while to figure out which one was which, and like I listened to <laughs> I listened to Gambino like it's like I knew who he was, and I like I didn't know who Logic was, so it's like you should know the voice that you've heard before and a voice that you haven't heard. But Ooh. I was like I can't tell who was who on this song. Um, that was yeah whatever. Um, as far as like what I watched, I don't think I watched anything other than our movie. Wow, week. you don't watch uh, any Supernatural? No, Supernatural is dead. I think we're just officially yeah, it's dead. Oh, doing. Okay, right. <laughs> it's dead. Rest in peace. Um, maybe I'll think of something. That's usually how this goes. Is whenever we're talking about it, I'll like remember that I watched something. But see, I, I think that's. See, I write it down. <sighs> yeah. We have oh, we yeah. have our way to get our content, you know. I got my You're thing, right. you got your thing. That's fine. Right. All right, we'll move. I think I've I've picked Noah first a couple of times. So we'll pick John. You did. Let's go. Let's go, John. Ah, <sighs> well, another week goes by, and another <laughs> week I have a growing list of things I said I was gonna listen to, and absolutely did not. So, uh, I didn't even add to my listened tos. Mm-hmm. I just continued to add to my unlistens. So literally the only things I listened to that weren't songs from Folklore or those three songs off that MTV Unplugged from The Bleachers uh, was this album. So my movie and TV, uh, a little bit more interesting because I, oh God, what is the name of it? Oh, I'm ill-prepared. Now I got to look it up. Uh... Well, I, so I finished the rest of Mando, the other episodes, but that's not what I was going to say, because I really wish I did. Pretty mids. Yeah, I don't know why you did. <laughs> yeah. I told you not to. Yeah, but I don't know. I had hope. Um, 
<laughs> you hate hate it know. on the show, and then I told you you can hate on those episodes, and you still just, have hope. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's got the right name, and uh, it's got John Favreau, and every uh, time I'm disappointed. It's not Coruscant um, PD though. Ah, ah, here we go, here we go. Uh, it's gonna be a real slow one because it's a ten episode. No, it's not ten episodes. I'm trolling. Six episode. One season, brand new on Netflix, swear words, and it's trash. Oh, yeah. It's kind of yeah, dumb. That's yeah. pretty Nick trash. Cage is only semi-relevant in it. He just kind of opens the thing with a dumb bit and then periodically says the curse word multiple times. Probably got paid way too much money for that. And there's a bunch of comedians talking about cursing in a non-funny way. So they took yep. all the fun of cursing and made it like a History Channel thing. But they tried to make it funny, but they I tried so hard history. to make it funny, yeah, that it was shit. So, yeah. It, it was, was like, like drunk, drunk history, history, but, but not, not funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad you get it. So, yeah. They so kept I watched saying all the same that. things over and over again. I watched an episode and a half, and I was just amazed that it got produced. Um, yeah. It's pretty garbage. And... In the saddest way possible, besides a degenerate amount of World of Warcraft, uh, I'm not done fucking all else. Well, and study and hang out with my friends and stuff, but in relation to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about Get that, that shit. shit out of here. Yeah, lame. All right, well, no. Yeah. No usually time. has the most. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it's actually pretty selective this week. Uh, Music wise, I found a project called Under by a rapper named Latrell James. Uh, it's very modern hip-hop, kind of generic. I don't want to hate on his art too hard because there are some solid songs, but there's nothing that stands out. Dude, um, I heard you before the podcast say art, more like fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Latrell James, your art is more like a fart. <laughs> Uh, it, I, it's uh, definitely it's definitely solid, but I can't really write home about it. There's nothing I can tell you guys that's gonna make you really want to listen to it, other than it's solid, it's listenable. I um, I just searched him on Spotify, and his top fans also like is an artist I actually really really fuck with. So that's interesting. Who? Um, Armani White. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I know Armani. Yeah, wonderful, yep. dope ass song, really good. Anyway, sorry. Wonderful with uh, an O N E, like one the number. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, classic. Yeah, that song classic. is amazing. Uh, it's yeah, actually I mean, like disgusting. Like, you like, it's the perfect like cruise around in summer song. Like that, I have listened to it, I don't know how many times in that exact frame of mm -hmm. reference. Like that's pretty much this album. It feels <laughs> or cool. this project. It's only seven songs. It's really, I think I listened to it all on my way to work one day. Remind me the, uh, he was... says under the 2021 yeah, under yeah six songs uh, 15 minutes of music yeah no uh so i also wait who's the who's the artist of that one again oh. sorry latrell, latrell james. james okay cool uh i found an album by an artist named austin yo and he plays a very specific type of music that i don't know the genre spell it uh, Austin A U S T E N Yo, one word. Oh, one word. Maybe that's yeah, my bad. Um, he has an album called Mini Album, 
and if you don't like the sound you won't like the album because it's very one note but i really like the sound so the albums i had a few songs just on repeat uh this past week like backup generator and commercial yeah this but, sounds like i don't know what this... genre that is it's like late 2000s early 2010s like i don't even know like electropop i don't it's, know it's exactly very, what the word very is but... in the vein of a still woozy if anyone's listened to still woozy it's kind of that group. i was thinking like darwin d's mm. um okay yeah i mean okay, i, I really enjoyed the album but it's very one note so if you don't like the first song you probably will not enjoy the album don't look any further I'd still recommend giving it a try, though. Now, to TV, I watched The Crown, season four. I think uh, I'm going to like this album. Holy shit. Sorry. The Crown, yeah. season four. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, released in November. It uh, It's not as good as season three or two, but the acting, I don't know if I've ever seen a TV show where the acting has just blown it out of the park in the way that this did. Um just some of the actors who were kind of rough in season three because it's the same actors for two seasons at a time so like some characters or some actors that didn't really have a hold of their character in season three really honed it in this season to the point where i would argue that that's uh emmy worthy acting especially yeah. from uh, tobias menzies who plays uh, prince philip he just knocks it out of the park he's in game of thrones for a few seasons um, knocks it out of the park. Like, really, it's the show's worth it just for him, uh, even though he's not even that huge of a character in this. Oh, season. he's an Outlander. I know. Yes, he is. Show, yes, he is. <laughs> Who is he? An Outlander? Does it say? Can you just give me a name, and I might be able to remember. I've just I've totally put that show out of my brain since I watched like the first season. He was Jonathan. Mm. Nope, better than nope. I, uh, I will say where the season doesn't necessarily excel, uh, it does make up for it in like costume design and set design because those are so, I don't know, you get a sense that you're in the actual world of the crown. It seems almost disconnected from reality with how well their costuming and design is and such. Uh, provides you pretty good watch i would recommend it really to anybody's because season three is amazing okay uh i also watched headspace guide to meditation it's a netflix new netflix show that's made by headspace app and it's just a simple little meditation exercises and they like animations um it's really good i've been watching like an episode every other day i've I think I have like two episodes left. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It's got some really simple exercises that you can do whenever, wherever. Um, I've used the app. Have you ever used the app? No. Hmm. I've used yeah. it before. It's kind of cool, but yeah, yeah. essentially. Uh, no, I'd recommend the the show. The guy narrates it, tells you what to do. Got a very calming attitude, calming <clears throat> animation. Uh, really nice. And then I watched half of The New Pope, which is the sequel series to The Young Pope. Um, it is not The Young Pope. 
whereas the young pope i was super impressed one episode in this i'm halfway through and i'm just not seeing it it's all right i'm probably gonna finish it just to finish it so the young pope was good young pope was amazing really very mids yeah uh young pope had me questioning my morality and all that every single fucking episode but this it just seems like the same writing and the same talent but more of the same Mm. uh topics and it's kind of boring really like the first season is not exciting at all i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna argue that but this season is even more boring and so uh wouldn't recommend really unless it gets immensely better did you ever watch the two popes (laughs) <laughs> the Netflix movie? No, I haven't. I was just thinking about that because I was uh, I was watching it, and in my mind I was kind of wondering. I was wondering where uh, the guy from Game of Thrones and Pirates of the Caribbean, Governor Swan. I was like, where is he at as the Pope? And then the <laughs> Netflix movie came to my mind. I was like, ah, oh, that already happened. Totally already happened. Uh, I no. thought the two pubs pretty good, but yeah. I'm Catholic, so I like knew a lot about like the history of. What was going on? Have you watched The Young Pope? Uh-uh. I don't like calling myself Catholic, by the way. Can we get that out? I don't you know why. I mean... Well, like, that's what I'm saying. But, like, I feel like it's a thing for whatever reason, and I don't... To be, like, for instance, like, Jewish people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's more than a religion. Right. And Catholic people, that's not true. Right. But for some reason, Catholic people from, like, Eastern Kentucky, that is true. People are always like, oh, well, I'm Catholic. And I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, or like, like people will be like, oh, because, like, like, you know, people ask each other their religion and shit. And you'll be like, so, like, you know, are you religious? And they're like, yeah, I'm Christian. I'm like, oh, like, what kind of Christian are you? They're like, oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, so does, like, a lot of denominations. And, like, Catholic is a type of Christian, but, like, I'm Catholic. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, totally well, I'm not different. actually Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just like a statement Sorry. to like how you were raised cuz I, yeah, I mean honestly. Cuz if you say like I'm Catholic, people are like he's been through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, True. This guy he's knows. been through some religious, yeah. some religious school classes. Yeah. I went to I went to one Catholic wedding and oh, dude, I That sounds boring. Thankfully, I had to like <laughs> I had to like dip out early to go to another wedding. <laughs> but that mm-hmm. one was like after like the tenth time of like standing and then sitting back down, and sitting I and was then like, kneeling and I then was, standing. And I was sitting. like, man, how do they do this? <laughs> Why? It's good for the calves. Yeah, it's an exercise routine. Uh, I, but no, John, I would recommend Young Pope. Uh, really good. I've actually been recommended multiple times. I think uh, my dad and stepmom loved it, but yeah. I don't know. I just never uh, couldn't get around Jude to Law it. Becoming a mm-hmm. Young Pope. Everyone and it's kind of like young... it's scandalous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not like in a more than anyone would assume the Catholic Church is doing kind of way, but just oh, like in a yeah. this is fun for TV because it's about the Catholic Church kind of thing. Yeah, and it's it's, it's really cool uh, without spoiling too much. Um, he gets voted in. Everyone thinks he's going to be a subservient, liberal, right. very cool pope. And then he comes in and he's like, nah, people came and see my face. We're doing strict Catholic stuff. Uh, fuck all the sinners like they're gone get rid of them divorce is a no-no and it's great it's really good uh but that's that's all i watched this week cool so, review time Woo-wee. um so on the docket <clears throat> i 
just get my little briefcase out here and just uh, get these papers filed away nicely. Uh, we've got Steve Miller Band Sailor, and we've got Gross Point Blake, a, uh, was it 80s? or That's 90s, 90s right? It's 1997, 90s. I think, yeah. Mm. 90s uh, high school reunion, Hitman, all the bases covered. So 90s, it's actually nostalgic in the best way. Uh, Can we do Sailor first? Movie. With yeah. uh, John Cusack. Of course. Of course <laughs> we're doing Sailor first. Um, and I'll go first. Yeah, I've never course. cared less about an album in my life. Whoa. Uh, and that's not in a negative way. I literally just – this type of music oh. is like some – should be played at Margaritaville for a 50-year-old, I mean, like yeah. drunk moms just like talking over it kind of thing and like – Angry dads busting through a Hawaiian shirt on vacation. They're not with their angry because they got around. a Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> no, they're angry because their kids are on vacation with them, kind of mm. thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so, I mean, they're like three beers deep, and they're just saying a little too much, you know. But they're yeah. not quite like <laughs> being degenerate fathers. Mm. I don't see that uh, as a negative thing, though. <laughs> I, I've lived that as the kid for many years and it's not a it's not a fun I'm atmosphere for music, me to be in not the fucking <laughs> <child>. <laughs> and uh it, the music is depressing in a lot of ways so i just it's so boring and <laughs> lame and uninspired that <laughs> i just what? can't get by it so uh i'll leave it with fuck you for that intro song and oh, yeah, that I'm glad it's one. not your that week for one. two more weeks. Because <laughs> can, can, can you narrow it down to one song you maybe liked more than the other ones if you had to? Uh, let me pull it up again. Real we quick generally do three I... if you're listening. We try to pick three and songs. Fuck, I'll, you know can... what? I'll never, I'll never pick a good movie for my week ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll make sure it's Fast and Furious 6 mm. so you don't even get any of the backstory. I think... Uh, which one of these two was it? Yeah, it was Quicksilver Girl, I think, was probably yeah, – and only because it changed pace from mm -hmm. most of the other – like the next song, the Lucky Man song, is like so much more upbeat and just – I don't I don't know. Like the – I feel like even the, the, I'm saying the, the layout uh, was, of the album, well, like see, the way it flowed okay. from 1 to 10, yeah, I was just like – the whole thing just – yeah, I was like – it just feels – it feels as what is this seventies or sixties? Yeah, even better. It feels like we are time travelers getting to view some of music's like first recordings kind of thing. <laughs> okay. And Keep going. it just feels like today, even crazy out there trash albums I'm sure that we've shit on. Those ones that you're like, oh, it's good to smoke to or it's good to trip to. And I'm like, it's kind of crap music, though. Um, you just don't like music, Even <laughs> those just have so much more, like, thought put into them. And this feels like a band got together and yeah. happened to record ten songs. And, like, now they're going to go tour those. And so they're like, well, we need to sell the record at their tour stops. So let's put them in this order because who cares? And let's go. And it just... Oh, okay. Again, yeah, very you know uninspired. I'll take your just... I'll take your engineering complaint. You know, I totally get that. Uh, I won't argue that at all. But like songs like "Living in the USA" and how it's still goddamn relevant fifty fucking years later, I just thought was hilarious that they were talking about 
politicians kicking sand and how everybody, how the Uncle Sam should be helping everybody out, but it doesn't give a fuck about anybody. But see, I felt like it was just trying to be like a Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan record, but never reaching any of the lyricism that those two hit. So yeah, it felt relevant, mm. but I was like, That's fair. this is like a J. Cole verse when fucking pimp a butterfly just came out and you're like it's irrelevant like that's fair okay that's a good comparison i don't really love it but i don't love good. it either but i'll accept it it makes sense like like born in the usa is what this song or like it just did this song better like right. it's this song 2.0 so right. yeah but i'd i'd rather listen to the living in the usa born in the usa is just like four or five minutes of just fucking bruce springsteen yelling <laughs> So. I like his voice. <clears throat> I don't really care for this voice. I don't. It's, it's Steve. I like. I literally know nothing. It's Steve Miller, the actual dude, and it's his yeah, band. He's the guitarist. Okay, yeah, I don't care. I don't care for Steve Miller's voice. Like, uh, it's fine. It uh, sounds very seventies. Whatever this type of music is. This rock. Yeah. Or is this yeah, more it's like classic rock? Is it classic rock? Like, cause I just, it doesn't yes. feel like classic rock. Yes, seventies classic rock. Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. The last two songs, especially, which I thought were like the worst parts about the album because they felt just generic classic rock. Um, whereas the rest of the album, I enjoyed. Yeah, it was scatterbrained in its engineering, but I enjoyed that they went to different genres. Actually, you know what? Was... Yeah, it, it does sound a lot like. Yeah, okay. You're right. No, you got it. You hit it uh... on the head. I was Ario Speedwagon. That's the one that always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it sounds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just that you don't seem like classic rock either. I don't know what is classic rock in my brain anymore. What the but... fuck is classic rock? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I was just saying that I enjoy that they could hop from genre to genre, and I can actually listen to it. Unlike uh, that one 1975 album where they hopped genre to genre, and it's like, uh uh-uh. uh, mm. nope. <laughs> like, stay back. But this, they went from like blues to classic rock to kind of psychedelic rock, uh, which I enjoyed immensely. I wouldn't say it's my favorite album. It's really not. But the songs I liked, I really liked. Like uh, Gangster of Love, uh, Quicksilver Girl and Living in the USA. Probably my top three. Uh, And I like how Gangster of Love gets referenced in their later songs. So that's just a cool kind of uh, thing, (laughs) aspect. Whatever you want to call it. I like when a band acknowledges their history. Uh, yeah, Blaine, what'd you think? Um, I agree mostly with John about how I really could not care less about this album. It's fine. Um, I don't know. So to me, what it sounded like was, if, you know how like you have like a, a band you really like, you like grew up listening to, they have like, a couple of, so when I think of this, my example is a day to remember. Their early albums are like some of my favorite albums of all time. And as they've kind of like grown and changed, like dialed it or like tried to change things, there are these albums that come out where it's like every song is like not a, it's not a hit or a miss. It's just, yeah. And it's like I feel like a lot of artists go through that where it's like the later albums are like mids when like right. the the old ones are like really good. I think they, Steve Miller Band, flipped that. I think they did. The, the Sailor is the, this is this is their first album, right? Sailor is their first studio album. I so, think they have like a live recorded album before this, but first studio. So I feel like they flipped that script and they were like, we're going to do the mids album first and then all the shit that everyone likes, which is good. I mean, it works. I mean, that honestly is better. 
I, uh, I, I would like to take this time while you say that to recommend Fly Like an Eagle. That is an amazing album. Start to finish. And yeah, I, okay. yeah, I believe it's probably it's definitely better than this. Um, yeah, I'll never listen to it again. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't think it's the worst thing that we've probably listened to on the podcast. Maybe I'd have to. No, no, no. That's my whole thing. Yeah. It's uh, I'm just the most indifferent to it. Yeah. I've heard every mm-hmm. song on here before I listen to it. And I would not be able to name you a song, probably. Maybe The Living in the USA, just because I've made the reference now to Born in the USA. And But, like, my biggest thing, and again, to go back to Aria Speedwagon, because I was trying to think of the genre that I think fits it best. I Googled Aria Speedwagon to see what genres they classified that as, and then I Googled Steve Miller Band to compare the overlap. Uh-huh. Album-oriented rock? Question mark? And also uh, <laughs> arena, <laughs> arena rock. And I feel like arena rock really hits me because that was like peak mid seventies. Like you literally are just making music to go on tour. Yeah. Okay. Which is a little. I mean, all musicians now. That's your livelihood. That's just the right. way the system has been designed. You don't really make any money from the album sales that much. It's all about the tour revenue. And so you do an album. You go tour for two years. You do an album. You go tour for two years. And the mid seventies was like the peak of that kind of or really like the inception of that feature because until then music popularity kind of was like sit at home put on your vinyl and enjoy it and if you happen to catch like the two shows a year that your fucking band did and then the beatles blew everything out of the water and did these crazy world tours and had fandom like no one can imagine and then that segued into the late 60s and 70s when rock really became like this thing uh anyway brought to you by historian john yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh but yeah so so the arena rock style makes a lot of sense and that's like foreigner and journey and queen and like these huge bands that have You're all these like classic rock no but see th- that's but steve miller band <laughs> is not oh arena rock oh. steve miller band gets rock blues psychedelic rock yeah. reggae and i'm like really uh, yeah, I mean, they, they have an album, uh, Fly Like an Eagle uses the sitar and stuff. They get really trippy and different with it. I mean, this is just their first foray into the album world. They got to be a little generic, I guess. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think what they did was they had they had inspiration. They had talent, clearly. They were musicians, and they knew what they wanted to do. But this album in particular was like the self-discovery app. Like, they were just figuring out what, you know, what key they liked, like, you know, what chords they liked, like what touring would be like, which drugs they preferred, and then as they found out that psychedelics were their drug of choice, they started to make good music, as most bands do. Right. Look at fucking Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club, and c- congratulations, you make good Beatles album. Yeah, there like, were definitely a couple songs on here that were very Beatles, psych Beatles-like, yeah. for sure. And again, yeah, I mean, go figure. But yeah, uh, so, long story short, I'm just like, yeah, it's a fine yeah. album, but I would have rather listened to a different one by them. If I had to pick the first, or the, uh, the like two songs that i like the most i'm picking the first two which is probably no one's yeah you mean the what? intro yeah the I, intro? I love i mean yeah. I, I love I liked the intro i thought it served a purpose but after i listened to it once i was cool i love build-ups and i love instrumental so like Burn. everything that you hate john Burn. i love it's... if you listen to like half of my music it's literally like instrumental stuff that just like gets louder as the song goes on and i mean that's the shit I like. So I heard that and I was like, I okay, just, respect. I thought this was definitely the best intro we've listened to of all the intros because it just set a cool mood. I don't, I, 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 I don't like, I don't that like, I don't like that it took like a minute and a half to like really hear anything. 
I wasn't listening to headphones when I listened to that first song, so I had it, like playing out of my like speaker, and I was like, yeah. "Did I fucking hit pause?" And I looked, and I was like, "No, it's going." And then like after right. like a minute and a half, I started hearing it, and I was like, "Okay," so that's why I didn't like about it. And then Dear like Mary boat horn was yeah, and then Dear Mary, you know, was not a bad song. Yeah, I like Dear Mary. No, yeah. I like Dear Mary. That's why I like Quicksilver Girl because it almost Quicksilver felt like Girl Dear was Mary like number three. Two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all I gotta say about it. Um, well, <laughs> we'll leave that as a uh, could have been worse, but definitely not the best thing we've listened to out of ten. Well, I really like <laughs> to go back and listen to people's first albums because I don't know. That's like a no, no, true no, I think test. I should, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I but Steve Miller, like, that's the whole thing. Call it classic rock. Call it whatever the fuck genre this actually fits into. Right. You know, you know what's actually funny. Even though it's probably the same thing, it's this is like, and this is a very specific experience I'm going to give. So I'm going to try to be as vague as possible so that it can be more broad and applicable to you all. Thank you. I had a babysitter growing up, who was a boomer, as old as fuck. Like listened to like Elvis or older, and like anything later than that was like devil music and fucking rock and roll. And, right. <laughs> and, and, and rock and roll is what I would call this. It's not rock. It's not classic rock. Like classic rock to me is like the Who. This doesn't sound like the Who. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like they don't have a any gray area. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I'm just saying like this sounds like something right in the mix between like early Beatles to yeah. the Who. Like right. it's trying to be something that's grander. But it's definitively like, okay, we just have like, you know, maybe, and may, they might be more than a four piece band, but it's like, yeah, we got drums, we got a bass, we got a guitar, we got a vocalist, and like yeah, that's I think all they we had need. multiple people over multiple years. Randomly. But like, it fits more of a rock and roll, which just seems like. Yeah, I don't know. Just the, you know what the I mean? like, terminology is weird. Because yeah, when well, you say rock and roll, the who, I feel like defines rock and roll more than <laughs> Steve Miller band would define rock and roll. No, see, I feel like Elvis defines rock and roll more. Than... Uh, well, I don't really. I mean, Elvis is like okay, but he doesn't go hard. Like, <laughs> of course he doesn't. That's why I don't think I don't think rock and roll that's goes funny. hard. Rock and roll is oh, like okay, okay, that's like where we're making the distinction. Inception okay. of like, like literally like the inception of that sound, where you take like an electric guitar and a drum kit, and it's no right. longer jazz, it's no longer blues. It is now this new thing that has a lot faster tempo, that has lyrics that are a little bit more controversial, but it's, you know, sung and danced around by a predominantly white crowd, and that's literally all Elvis was. He literally just took white people's music up the tempo and was white, and that's what this sounds like. I was just like, it's, it's fine. Like, uh, I, I enjoyed the album. Okay. Anyway. Now on to the surprisingly strangest, out of the blue, best pick in a yeah. long time. Possibly best pick, just in terms of movies I haven't seen that we've now watched on the podcast. Um, because I don't think it's better than La La Land. I don't think it's better than A Star is Born. But a very, 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 very good movie that is highly enjoyable and definitively rewatchable as fuck. Uh, gross point blank. Uh, we'll let... Uh... Any, mini money million star um yeah i mean i did expect to like this movie um what do i i'm trying to think of like the highlights for me um 
I love the highlights. Well, I, I mean, I just don't know. Like, I don't have a whole lot to say. Like, the whole movie was good. The whole movie, I, is, the whole movie is great. Yeah. The The only thing that, like, bothered me about the movie was any fight scene where they're just, like, two guns and you're just like, <laughs> I, I hate that stupid. I thought that's I hilarious. It's, it's so, so funny. It's so funny. Dan but Aykroyd just going. <laughs> so I thought, so when it first happened, the very first time, where he Dan Aykroyd's the, uh, outside the hotel, mm-hmm. I went, oh, that was, like, a little corny right but then i was like well it's a comedy like oh excuse it like they're not trying like maybe it's a bit and then it happens like six more times i'm like okay it's a bit like <laughs> yeah. i get it and then they have the one overly drawn out one in her uh dad's house or whatever mm-hmm. where it's like <laughs> those two just going at it it's just like reloading and throwing clips and pulling more guns. yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, so did it reload. he just pulled more guns, <laughs> more yeah. guns. Yeah, like, that's, like who needs another clip i got more guns <laughs> It's it's like, really okay. funny, but yeah, it's fucking um, good. Um, I liked so, man. I don't know. I don't even know how to like start this conversation. Someone else, you just go know, and I'll tell you. Like, yeah, I'll kickstart it. All right, there's almost nothing wrong with this movie. There's yeah. literally, I don't think there's. My only negative was nothing so far. Meaning there was no negative throughout <laughs> yeah. the whole movie. I was expecting to start hating it, but like the opening was just uh, with Dan Aykroyd and him uh, just meeting and talking, mm-hmm. and that tenseness, or you know, that tension, tenseness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna tension. let it slide, but I'm happy you found it. Uh, yeah, that tension between them was just fucking hilarious. Yeah, like every meeting between him and Dan Aykroyd was Perfect. easily worth the whole movie. Yeah, like, uh, do, do you know character... who wrote this? It was John Cusack, right? He helped screenwrite this. Plus I don't know who wrote it. A couple other people. Mm, writers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, Steve John Pink. Cusack, his yeah. his just awkward demeanor the entire movie was. Yeah. well played and he gave the characters just this weird depth to it without even trying like right. you wanted to know how this guy became a hitman yeah i love yeah, well, like yeah good oh, go ahead go ahead oh, i was go gonna ahead. say i i love all the interactions with uh mini driver like when he walks yeah. into the when he first walks into the you know radio station and he's like he like walks in and they like kiss for a second and then he's like uh he just like doesn't know how to react he's like he played that shit so well where he's like, yeah. I, he just leaves, and then he's like standing by his car, like pacing for a minute, and then he like walks back in and sits down. Yeah. yeah, and then like they they like start talking, or like just like he killed that shit, like just playing off yep. like he doesn't know how to like handle these situations, and like him like calling his therapist, he's like, dude, you gotta fucking help me, like yes. I'm I'm freaking out. And it's, okay, you know, those, uh, all, all those scenes cracked me. Like there yeah. wasn't a non funny scene. I don't think there was a single scene I didn't laugh out loud at something, even if yeah. it was just like a like a ha, but like I actually had as opposed to like breathing air loudly, mm. you know, like yeah, for sure. Uh, um, there was so many. I got so much. You go I, would, I would. Uh, here's a callback. Um, you know how Die Hard had the worst B plot in the world with the reporter. Mm-hmm. This B plot mm. with the psychiatrist therapist was the Great. best. Like Great. absolutely, the psychiatrist holding his rosary beads as he's talking to yeah. him, just like yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a bad guy. You shouldn't judge a guy by what he does, you know. <clears throat> I yeah. really can't say how good this movie is. Yeah, it's almost impossible to describe <clears throat> without saying just go fucking watch it. And so I love, like, again, Minnie Driver. I love her in this movie. She was 
fantastic. Is she American? I don't know. I have no idea. Is she American? Can someone look that up for me? No, no, she's not. She's she's British. There were a couple of lapses. That, that was my accent. one negative. Yeah. Yep, yep. My her one negative slips. was she broke character a couple times because mm -hmm. her American accent's not very good. It slips. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering. I was... And I really liked their take on this. So, like, rom-coms always have the, like, rekindling, and then something happens where you, like, think they're not going to get back together, and then they get back together. When she, like... She's like, you know, super happy. She goes to find him by the lockers and she sees that yeah, he just he killed murdered. a guy. Her reaction where she's like, fuck, and she just leaves. Like, yeah. I was like, this is way more interesting than like, oh, he missed my dance recital. I can never talk to him again. Like right. standard rom-com right. thing. Or he was right. too late for the prom. Or he was too yeah. late for the prom, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, mean I, I said it when we talked about even uh, La La Land, but that point of tension of like, oh man i'm not opening my business because i'm going on tour to make us both money and she's like why aren't you following your dreams and he's like you're just lousy and i'm like this fight's like kind of real mm -hmm. but also like this isn't the biggest argument in your whole relationship right this isn't the crux of your breakup it turns out somehow it was mm -hmm. and i'm just like uh but seeing you murder somebody <laughs> seems pretty good to like actually be like i'll never talk to this guy again mm -hmm. you know so yeah uh, felt more real this this very much reminded me of mr and mrs smith except it was actually good uh, oh whoa <laughs> mr and mrs smith is had... like okay but yeah, since i just watched this movie yeah. it went way down yeah. it went yeah. so far down yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. because it ripped a lot of the shit from this movie mm -hmm. um yeah like uh, the climax Casting. just is casual yeah. conversation while he's just trying to protect them. Yeah. Man, this I'm, I'm really there's almost so, nothing wrong with this movie. So the I'll soundtrack. Say, I'm gonna make another out of the okay. God damn, there's a lot of good parts about this movie. Yeah. So soundtrack one. Soundtrack was great. I don't. I don't. I didn't really listen to the scoring. I don't think there was much original was scoring going on. If any, yeah. yeah. But the soundtrack was so perfectly on brand, and even her fucking role as the disc jockey at the radio mm. station like pull it, queuing up not only probably like you know i mean and maybe we're giving it a little too much credit because it's probably just movie music that was like semi-popular at the time amongst well see i'd argue decent crowds. they picked right yeah but they but they did it right they yeah. played it well and i was just like man this is nostalgic and really good to watch back but also and again we've already talked about the writing a little bit but all of the dialogue in the movie was really really good and even though it wasn't real dialogue which sometimes i prefer yeah. in like a drama yeah for a comedy dude like the fucking quickness of the way they're delivering these lines and like like they meet in the diner and they both have their fucking the guns diner. and, and, yes, and they're just like they're absolutely. just like spitting little stupid shit back and forth about each other and then they bring up like the billionaire's dog or whatever and they're just like non-stop rapid fire just like either shit-talking each other or shit-talking other professionals. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I would just, even if I was a trained actor in that situation, your ability to say words that rapidly and be sincere or hold like a certain expression has got to be like a, such a high threshold. I was like, this is incredible to watch and it's incredible to like listen to and experience. It was really, really fun. And uh, Dan Aykroyd, and that's, and that's the every every character. Not even Dan Aykroyd in him only. I, I just like, want to say him Dan with Aykroyd his sister. Yeah, Good yeah, enough. top choice. Well, the... and it, that's the thing too. There's not really like 
a bad guy except for the weird French ugly dude. Yeah, that's but like, mm. but like Ben Ackworth's just like trying to recruit him. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I'll fucking kill you, but like that's their job. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah. It's, he doesn't feel bad. Like I don't he's feel not like a Ben Ackworth. He's like an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess yeah. like he's like yeah, yeah. I th- well, John Cusack's more. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the two things that, uh, so, oh, I just lost one of them. So one of them yes. was I wish that the two guys who were like tailing John Cusack's character had more of a like FBI instead of just, instead of just busting through. But I love that it was both of them. It was Dan and John both just sitting there just fucking blasting them as they come in. the clips like <laughs> yeah. so They just like, like shot them together. Amazing. Instead of like taking yep. that time to be like, oh, boom, and shoot them. They like both shoot those guys at the same time. But yeah. I wish that they, they had. a full clip. It was yeah. like 20 bullets each. <laughs> I wish that maybe those guys had a better send off. Like he could have given some dialogue or something, because they were okay. I liked them. Um, yeah, I mean, Hank Azaria is always fun uh, to watch. But it was just, yeah, it was so ridiculous and funny watching them just get shot that it was okay. It didn't bother me that much. Um, and then the other one, I just think I lost it. Oh, John Thank Cusack's you. age. So I was like, I had a hard time thinking that he was. So if you're ten year reunion, you're like twenty eight right you know like almost like late 20s i'm like dude there's no way like he he had to have been like 35 or something at least he was 31 on this movie i was like holy shit they like i thought he i thought he looked a little too old to be going to his 10-year high school reunion but we haven't even approached that so i don't know what i'll look like in you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay you're probably gonna be like man john kizek looked amazing for his fucking 10 years yeah (laughs) so we'll see maybe i'm just judging too early but yeah Yeah, i I love this uh her side plot oh, all yeah. funny or side plot uh side jokes i guess because there wasn't really a underlying plot mm-hmm. uh her jokes were hilarious and she was just super badass and then super yeah. nice joan yeah. music uh yeah it was so funny oh, seeing her just like notice? just dousing everything and i don't know i thought that was really funny too <laughs> yeah. she's like, <laughs> so, like closing sp- down now. yeah <laughs> so in the uh in the bar when he's like come on let me just like take you out and like Let's hang out for the first time after the whole at the booth in the DJ room thing. Uh, do you recall what I'm talking about? Which scene? They're at the restaurant. They like go to the bar. And yeah, yeah it's maybe a restaurant, but they're sitting down at a table talking. And then like this drunk lady comes up. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was Joan Cusack. It looked just oh, like yeah. her. But that's and the I other sister. No, that's the other sister. Because I was so confused. I was like, why is her character here? She like about to tell him like awful information. And she's like faking being drunk, and that's just another person. And I was like, why is the whole Cusack family in this motherfucking movie? Yeah, maybe John's a producer on it, or maybe their parents. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be right. They're probably a Hollywood family, so their parents probably are producers or something like that. I really know could some be. casting people. You know, uh, there's. I just want to, I guess, bring to a point. The whole he tells everybody he's a professional killer, and yeah. how fucking hilarious yeah. Yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah every like, time. Oh, it's like, okay, oh, yeah. grab a drink. I am nothing wrong with this movie. Period. I respect his uh, his buddy who's the Mini real estate driver. agent who Accent. helps him kill or who helps him like hide the body. Just without yeah. he, he like doesn't even question it. He's like, oh, yeah. all right. He like pulls down the tarps and they start wrapping him up. It's like that's a real friend right there. Yeah, or he's the only one who believed him when he said he's yeah. a professional <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. Do you uh, did you ever watch Entourage? No, Entourage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like episodes of it. 
I've never sat down. I was trying to figure out how I knew the real estate agent. Yeah, and he's, I think, Ari in it. Yeah, Ari. He's definitely an entourage. Yeah. He's definitely got a better hairline than entourage, I think. Hair transplant probably? I don't know. Hair plugs work, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think besides Minnie Driver, because she was way hotter than than she is now. I don't know if you've seen her. She did not. Hollywood did not do kind things to her. Uh, sorry. I mean, they probably literally didn't. Uh, but I mean, she was like, you know, cute high school ex. I thought everyone was well casted, and I think she did a good job for the most part. But she was definitely the only negative for me for this whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just like everything—the casting, the music, the writing, the delivery—like, not only the like emotional acting or the voice acting, but like. The physical acting again, just like the double guns and how ridiculous it was, and the fucking like, uh, the body being heavy. I feel like is a thing that commonly goes across poorly in action movies. If there's like or like subterfuge movies, I'm not sure. The movies. object they were carrying wasn't heavy, but they were playing it off really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking just so much shit about that movie, man. Uh, and again, I can't Jimmy get across. Driver looks fucking fine in 2020. What? what are you talking about? Are you trolling? <clears throat> no. Her plastic surgery looks fucking awful. I mean, the lips are like, but like, I don't know. It looks terrible. About. I don't know which don't picture know you're which looking picture. at. I'm looking but at. She looks... I'm through multiple things. She looks like a alien think, or something. I think you're in the wrong here, but it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Keep anyway. going. Movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> she uh, she was the only negative spot, and that movie was really good. I I liked the ending even too, just because the climax was a little short, but it was okay. Like, yeah. I, I looked past it. <clears throat> You're thinking the ending was the climax? No, I'm I'm just saying like the climax was a little short leading up to the ending. It was just kind of like his. Right. Oh, you yeah. You wish it had happened longer. I got you. Yeah, with Dan Aykroyd, just seemed a little short but at the same time that's cool i'd rather it be too short than too long when i like that they had to do the little time jump where it was like he kills dan Aykroyd and he goes back upstairs and she has like the gun in the bathroom and he's like all right i'll i'll, I'll keep some space here i i did just kill like <laughs> yeah. a whole fucking army and <laughs> you know or not I mean, an army, but, yeah like a whole hit squad a what the cleanup of the house probably a lot of work <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it was probably like weeks before things yeah. got you settled back to normal but you didn't have to watch it you know like they were just like all right we're gonna take our vacation now because he's a fucking psychopath and high school relationships are weird <laughs> and like it's a comedy so it can end that way and i'm mm. happy with it it was actually funny that they ended up together in some ways yeah i love i, I love like the, i love the line where he asks her to marry him and the dad like pops his head out of the the bathtub and he's like you got my blessing <laughs> like this. Uh, this I this is literally I just want to say to the audience that this has I don't know knocked some movie out of the top 100 of my <laughs> list like this is definitely in the top 100 movies I've ever watched for sure like I yeah. just it's good. I know it for a fact I, I can't name you my top 100 but I know it's on there yeah. well 16 days you better get that list to me that's all I <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, definitely a nine five out of ten. Mm. I actually put fantastic out of ten, but I'll give it a nine five if I'm a good number. Yeah, I I think nine five is actually a really fair number. I'd say nine five across the board. Great movie. Yeah, I'll always recommend it. Now. 
Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actively going to recommend this movie to people. Sure. I will go out of my way, out of context, abruptly, yeah. to be like, if we're talking about any movie, you should watch this one. It almost reminded me of, not really the same, but it definitely reminded me of some parts of Barry that I enjoy. Just the Hitman, the non-classical take on a Hitman. And so in case anyone watches Barry... I would definitely recommend this movie. Cool. Okay. So uh, move on. Yeah. So on a movie. So Noah challenged me to give him a good movie that would knock another movie out of his top 100. You don't have to. I don't think that I can. I I was going to pick a really good movie that I've seen, but I think I'm going to pick Lawless, which I know won't knock one of your (laughs) movies. It won't. It won't. Well, have you, have you seen it? I've seen Lawless. Oh, yeah. I thought that you, I was. I, ha- uh, I haven't. Oh, I, I thought know. that both of you hadn't seen it. Shit. No, I've seen Lawless. Fuck. Well. Uh, well, what was the other choice? I was gonna pick like Interstellar because I've been like itching to watch Interstellar uh, again. But I'll just watch that on my own. Lawless. Let's do well, Lawless. Actually, I haven't, I haven't, no, I haven't watched Interstellar in a hot minute. I would be down to yeah, watch it. I've heard your review of Interstellar though. <laughs> <laughs> it's in fact we were at the same place when we saw it the first and second times. Yeah. I think. I think I think Lawless would be uh, pretty fun, honestly. Yeah, let's do Lawless, yeah. and then I'm gonna. I'm probably just gonna watch Interstellar. Yeah, maybe it's better the second time. So we're gonna do Lawless, featuring Tom Hardy, Shia LaBeouf, some other guys, and for the album, just we're gonna so do all the all the listeners know. Uh, Lane is by contract required to pick Tom Hardy movies, uh, so every <laughs> movie from now on will have Tom Hardy. How many have I picked? Another Tom Hardy movie. What was the the last one you picked? Are you trolling? Oh, Warrior, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Tom Hardy's my favorite actor. I'm not going to apologize for that. I know. <laughs> We're going to watch uh, Bane Dark, next. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. and then, Bronson. Yeah. Bronson's pretty good. Not this bad. Means War, the spy rom-com. We'll just do rom-com. Oh, with Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that I, might, I might pick that if, if, I, if it lines up in sometime in February. Remember. I don't, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, Venom. Either. Okay, I yeah. All right, we're our talking. Revenant. Okay, lawless. Our movie is Lawless, and our album is it, what is it? Joy in the Wild Unknown by Ripe. Okay, that was episode twelve of Bad Friends Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis with John Pena and Lane Wellman, and we'll see you next week.